Now, I know, um, I know how testimony services can go. <laughs> they can be stressful for pastors. <laughs> oh, God, where are they going with that, right? Um, so I want to be really clear. You don't have to give a long testimony, but the people that I want to come give testimony are people who experienced encounter, who received something from encounter. Does that make sense? Because I really want our church to, I want you to say out loud what the Lord did. Now, I recognize it's possible you're sitting here going, encounter? What was that? I don't even know where to start <laughs> with that. Encounter is something that we do every year. It's four nights, oh, Sunday morning, then Sunday night through Wednesday night. Just people that come to speak. And, man, we just knew there was something special about this year. And we said, hey, we're going to go outside. We went down to the market station. It was so cold. I think I literally lost like 20 pounds in water weight. It's just nuts. It was so, so hot. Um, but it was so good. And, and, you know, I can say that. We were joking beforehand. People, people that weren't able to be there, they're like, how'd it go? I'm like, it was so good. And I don't even know what so good is like. That doesn't even describe That's great. It's, it's not over. Um, so I, maybe I'll just not use words, right? I'm completely okay. Just here's what's going to happen. Um, just if you want to come, somebody's going to have to come first, and I'm going to hand you the mic. And There you go. <laughs> Anybody surprised it was Cecil? No. no. <laughs> We're having a testimony service, or as others call it, Cecil. No, I'm kidding. He, this, this man's always got something to say about the Lord. Don't you love that? I love that. I love that. So if things go the way that I think they could go, I won't touch the mic until the last person is given a testimony. So as Cecil's wrapping up and you want to share what God did to you at Encounter, then you just walk up here and he'll give you the mic and then so on and so on and so on. Make sense? All right. Hey, Cecil. You do whatever. Are they, is it, are they good here? I'm good right here. Good. Um, okay. Wednesday night was so awesome. All nights were awesome, but Wednesday night was really kind of super awesome. Totally super awesome. I think 12 or 13 people from our church really got totally blasted by the Lord. And even those of us who were serving got blasted by the Lord. And Bishop Tony, because I had a Bishop Tony Miller in my life who's passed away so I now have a new Bishop Tony in my life came he came because God sent him and he spoke a couple of words along with Pastor Terry that really kind of turned my apple cart upside down and I want to share two things I want to deal with aloneness or loneliness and I want to deal with as the Bible calls it uh, paths of pain that we may be walking on and what does that mean Cecil that means I was a very alone person for all of, most of all of my life. And when Debbie and I got married, we'd been married 44 years. She'll tell you my testimony was I could go to a party and have a good time, drink, eat, and fellowship, and never talk to a person. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> so here I am. I've been in the military. I'm a major in the United States Army, Airborne Ranger, Special Forces, yah, 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 yah. I'm on the being going before the board to be promoted to lieutenant colonel, and all of a sudden, ha, no. 
you're not good enough. And there's no reason. And I'm the kind of guy that's always looking for a way around. I know Kyle was a running back. You're always looking for a hole. There's got to be a way to overcome this thing. And a year later, I'm alone in Germany because we'd made a decision uh, to do an unaccompanied tour. And the second door shuts. Blam! And so about six years later, 1992, we're in a church in Atlanta. We get saved. And 30 years later, we're here. And so that's sort of a, a, a road of pain that I kind of had dealt with, I thought. But then Bishop Tony said something. He says, I'm going to use your pain to bring glory to God. And so Friday, Debbie and I are out walking in the Uari and kind of like it says in Psalm 139, God, I invite you to searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through and find everything that may be hidden within me. Put to test and sift through my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your everlasting glorious uh, everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. And he brought that pain of those five years. I mean, any of you that are, some of you are not even 36, so you don't understand, but you will be there at some point that, that sometimes you, it was just terrible. I was emotionally destroyed. I had all the right stuff and I was, and I didn't know what to do with it. Well, Jesus got me on the road, but then God showed me something. Are you ready for this? I'm out here walking and he says, I shut that door. I said, what? He said, I needed you in Atlanta in 1992 to get saved. And you would not have been there had you got promoted. You'd have been somewhere else. And it, sort of, it changes your whole perspective when you allow him to sift through and show you the path of pain you're walking on and make it now a rock that you can stand on. Because his hand was on me but even before I got saved. And then the second thing is aloneness or loneliness. He said, I've been struggling the last three, four weeks. Not struggling. I just wrestle with the Lord about what does it mean to be a friend of God? He's my friend. I just don't understand that concept. And he said, you know, loneliness is, a, is an emotional uh, need that most people have because they don't know me. You're never alone. I'm always with you. Even when those relations that you have in your life let you down, I'm there to fill that void. So I just want to testify that he touched me in two places that now I can stand and look at that five or six years was God's hand upon me, moving me and my family to a place in Dorville, Georgia, where we could be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, be taught about the Word of God, be trained about tithing, be trained about service, be trained about missions, be sent out to go to Florida to come and then be sent here to help and serve in this church. So when he shuts the door, he opens the door, but you got to walk through the door. That's what he did. Y'all okay. going to have to fight each other for it. Come on. We, no, we want to see it. Y'all, come on. I meant y'all. <laughs> hey, y'all know Knox. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to uh, piggyback a little bit on what Cecil was talking, to, uh, talking about. And the big moment for me or the most identifiable thing that God seems to have done in me came when uh, Meredith's mother, Joy, 
Okay, yeah, Joy. Uh, was encouraging the young people by telling them all the things that had gone wrong in her family. Okay, let's think about this for a little bit. Uh, because that has been true of much of my life as well. Uh, twisted my back really bad when I was 21. It was a trick back for years, which makes it real keen fun trying to keep a job. Then I developed severe arthritis, I mean not arthritis, but psoriasis. It's a skin problem that's pretty horrid. And then I had, uh, I've recently had lots and nuts, lots of uh, nice arthritis. So um, needless to say, I've done a fair amount of questioning God about this in my life. And intellectually, I've understood that, okay, God has a purpose, but boy, emotionally, that's hard to, that's hard to believe, all right? And uh, while she was talking, I just realized, no, the reason we're here is to get there. This is not our life. Our life is with him. It's in eternity. And I think I've shared this once before, but if you're a chick inside of an egg waiting to hatch, trying to get out of that egg is a supreme struggle. I mean, you're clamped in here and there's no way you're trying to, trying to get out, all right? And some of them die trying to do that. Some of them can never break out of the egg. But one thing that's certain, if you feel sorry for that poor chick inside the egg and break the egg, the chick will die. Because it's all this struggle that gets the heart pumping, gets the temperature up, and then all of a sudden he finally breaks through the leg and there's all this light out here that you've never seen before and cold air and things like that. And it's that shock of the environment that kills the chick if you break the egg for them. So you don't know what your pain here is working for your entrance into eternity. And you have to trust that God is ordaining the things in your life, no matter how unpleasant, because his goal is for you to live in eternity, not to be happy here in this world. Another thing that has finally sunk into my, 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 my spirit from that, or my, my heart, I guess, would be a better way of saying it. Two things. God will, I'm 72. Ain't going to be too many more years before I stand in front of God, all right? And I, I, I firmly believe two things. Number one, God is going to wipe every tear from our eyes. And number two, we will go into eternity leaping like calves released from the stall, gambling about the meadow, having a great time. And that's what God has in store for us. A lot of things in the Bible about endurance, Make up your minds to endure whatever it is and trust God.
you can see who wants to talk and who doesn't. Okay, here we are. I'm Chris. This is Kathy. Um, you know, some people stay home from special meetings because they think, oh, I've been to those before. And, eh, whatever, you know. But you're there and something gets said in a way maybe you haven't heard it before or you heard it before but it didn't go in. It, and amazing things happen when you just go and you're available. And it wasn't a huge crowd of people that were there, but the ones that were there, it was just amazing. Your brothers and sisters who are really close to you and they go forward and you didn't know they had that deep need, but they're there and you saw they had a deep need because you saw God filling it. And um, both of us went forward a couple different nights, but then the last night um, something was said and um, maybe it was the pain thing. I think it was the pain thing. And over the years, sometimes I've had to literally take my sister's hand and walk her forward because she wouldn't get up. She wouldn't, but I, I brought a friend with me and I'm looking behind my friend to see what my sister's up to because I was gonna take her hand and walk her up there. Now, you guys know us a little bit. I'm the one with the smiley face and she's the one with the not so smiley face. <laughs> It always hasn't been that way. When we were growing up, it was the opposite. So anyway, I was going to reach around and say, okay, I'm going to... She was gone. She was already up there. She was already up there, and I'm thinking, hallelujah, hallelujah. And there was about 15 people that went up. And um, so when I saw that she went up, I'm just standing back here crying my eyeballs out. I'm so thrilled with joy <laughs> because she's had a really hard life and there's been so much baggage that she didn't know how to get rid of and something that was said helped her get up out of that chair and she went forward and I was just bawling and crying and I was just laughing and crying and laughing and crying back there. And I knew she was gonna get what God wanted her to have, finally, finally. And then, Lainey, will you come up here? <laughs> then Lainey was up there too. <laughs> and now, Whenever the Holy Spirit is really close to Lainey, she cries, so it, it's okay. But that's just, that's just God loving on her, God loving on her. But two of the most important people in the world, other than my other two sons and my other daughter, these are the most important people in the world to me, and God was just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and I'm laughing and happy. I'm laughing, and I'm, so, I'm just so full of the joy. And there was a couple people that don't know me, and I don't know them, but I've been praying for them for several months. And I watched them. God was just 
pouring into them, pouring into them, and I don't know what happened. I don't know what their deal was, but God had me praying for them, and it's just an amazing, amazing thing to watch God pour out into people. Amen. I was standing right next to Lainey, so that was that was pretty keen. There was somebody right there next to her to grab hold of her when the crying started, so that was pretty special. Um, Paul Paul hit on the line that that I was looking at and just got hit with um, when Bishop came to me. It was. He loves you. He loves you. And he just had his hands all around me. And and that that line in the song, he loves me, yes. He said, Bishop says, for some of you, that's a really hard line to sing. And you just are quiet then. And that was me. So um, the Lord put his arms around me. Let me know. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. You don't. Do you have something you to say? Uh, uh I do. Okay. Uh, hey. Hey. Uh, I, I had to. I had to tell you something. Um, a person this week. Um, and I, I had a good. Um, last night. Um, um, I just wanted to say. Um, um. To Paul, and he just said um, last night, and he's a nice guy, um, and and then um, I, I had a good time in my birthday party. It, it's awesome, and and Paul, and I'm sorry you didn't come, <laughs> and and I I just want uh I. I had a good time my party, and and now I'm 26 now, and and and, and, and we have um church meeting and it's at the market station, and it's amazing, and I just want um I had a good time um with you guys. I love you, all of you. I'm just glad I'm still a good guy because I <laughs> couldn't make the party. <laughs> What's good, P? Praise the Lord, church. So, um, some of y'all may not know me. I'm uh, my name is Richard. Uh, you know what I'm saying I, I've been coming in together since about May. You know what I'm saying I, I love how God is using you guys um, to the the worship here. You know, not only just the worship, but the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So this is awesome to see. Um, the thing that I, I 
I was in the back. I wasn't going to come up. I was just going to enjoy hearing what the Lord was doing through everybody. And uh, the Lord moved on my heart about something that was not said, but something that was seen on, the, on Wednesday night. If you were there for the encounter, the thing that you would have saw was the, the fruit of simple obedience. Because sometimes, even me coming up here, was a simple obedience. There was a, 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 a young lady who came up at, at the end, and she was telling a story about her and the daughter. What's up? What's up? And, and they, were, they had gotten a car accident. It was on their way to church, and they had, uh, their, the car got messed up. They pulled over. They didn't know what they were going to do. And uh, they said somebody drove up. I was like, hey, you know, uh, you guys need help. God told us to stop here and help you guys. And they bought them McDonald's, and, and they were in tears, and they were joyful. And as she was telling that story, she said that Bishop Tony, who came there, was the man seven years earlier who just randomly stopped because the Lord told him to stop, to bless him. Now, Pastor Terry... Wasn't even going to invite Bishop Tony to come at all. But she said, the Lord pressed upon me that morning to throw away my whole entire sermon and to bring him. And from that simple obedience, so many other people had got words of prophecy. The Lord spoke into their lives. There were some things that were awakened in people. And it was all because of that simple obedience. And the fruit was there. See, there's so many people that are around our neighborhoods, that are around our communities, that are in our own families, that are waiting for their lives to be impacted and affected by the love of God, by the light that you have, by the water that you have that they're thirsting for. But all it takes is your simple obedience. And a lot of times we feel like we, we aren't qualified, right? The, 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 word, the word that was super awesome that she gave, she said that repentance is the kindness of God. You know what I'm saying? That God gives us the opportunity to change. Are you awake today? Did you wake up? Are you in the house of God? That means his grace is sufficient. Right? His grace is sufficient. There's people out there who, who aren't in the house of God right now and his grace is still sufficient. So the thing about it is that we must humble ourselves. Do not let pride get in the way because two things that keep us from being repentant and that's pride and embarrassment. Well, God has seen it and God already knows. A, a, a father knows he knows and it takes for us to humble ourselves to search our heart and say father I know that I fell beneath your expectations but you paid for it with your son so I'm not going to hide I'm going to come boldly because I know that when I come to you that you're going to honor my boldness my honesty and you've already covered it in your blood so please know please know that there's somebody out there that's waiting for you to do the simple obedient things if you won't go God will use somebody else, but God plans. He has purpose for you to use you, to use all of us. We are gathered here today. It's, it's, it's not like we're we about to get married, right? We are gathered here today because there, there is a purpose. All of our steps have been ordered. Let me ask you something, ladies. There's so, there's so much great reward in simple obedience. Ladies, would you rather your husband lead, put the Toledo toilet seat up or buy you a purse? Putting the toilet seat down saves so many marriages. It's a simple obedience. But it's a sign of love, honor. And hey, you know, say you might get a stake in a foot rub. But it's what God desires, that same simple obedience. If God tells you to go, 
Go. If God tells you to speak, speak. Because the seed that you're dropping is going to be a harvest somewhere later down the line. So I just want to encourage y'all to continue to be fruitful and obedient to the Lord. If you haven't met Richard, you should. Dude's a world-class rapper as well. Um, hey, and by the way, thanks for the inspiration because we've been saying we need to make more T-shirts. And I think putting toilet seats down saves so many marriages. I feel like creative people in the house should be jumping all over that one. I see, I see pictures. Come on, Jeremy. Everybody say, hey, Jeremy. Now, normally I shrink back a lot, and I don't always lay on what God puts in my heart. In my life, I have endured many years of pain. I've endured abuse and rejection from family, from people at school, and just people who just met me. And I don't know why, but Tony said something. He said that you know, the enemy has been trying to destroy me since I was little, and that's true. But God has always been there to protect me. Now, the last three years, I've been battling depression. I've been battling anxiety. I've been battling emotions. I can't even explain why they come on. There is nothing attached to them but dread and pain. And it's been a long time. And I've been on this journey of healing for the last three years. And I have had setbacks. And I've had setups. God's begun. I've had Pastor Paul. My wonderful wife, Cecil, I have been involved. See, back in 19, I had a three-month breakdown. Every day I had panic attacks all day long for months straight. And that set me up for finding a new path. God sent me to a group of guys, and I got involved in a new ministry. And I praise the Lord for that. And I thank God for strengthening me. And I'm, I still get a little nervous, but God has finally given, I have the courage to get up and talk. So I just want to thank the Lord for the boldness he gives me. And the breakthroughs. And while they're hugging it out, to clarify for the podcast listeners, Cecil is not Jeremy's wife. <laughs> yeah. So I want to clarify. And I need to thank my good friend Knox, too. I wasn't forget about you, sorry. Are you, are you, come on, yeah, come on. Alex, yes? Now, Alex and I, we go way back to, I think, Sunday night, <laughs> right? Came every night. Um, it was just awesome meeting him. So thanks for even having, uh, don't you love this courage? Some of y'all are like, how many more? I don't know. Y'all just order pizza and have them deliver it here. Get over yourselves. All right. You ready? Take your time. Well, my name's Alex. This is the first. 
My name's Alex. This is the first time I've been here on Sunday. Thank you. Um, I was blessed to be able to come every night last week, and uh, it doesn't take much to get me excited for the Lord. The Lord's got an easy job when it comes to that, you know. But the preaching was great. But what I really enjoyed more than anything is seeing y'all worship Jesus. I mean, I told a pastor on the last night, I said, you're a blessed man. I said, you, I ain't, these people here, they, they after Jesus, you know. And I guess that's why I'm here this morning, because I'm after Jesus, too. So, thank you. All right. This is the waiting, is this the waiting row? Okay. It's good. Hi guys, I'm Danielle. Most of y'all don't know me, um, so the fact that I'm about to tell y'all what I'm fixing to tell y'all is real weird. Um, so I'm a little bit mouthy, and if I don't say it, my face normally does, and I'm not a patient person by any means, so any of that is definitely by the grace of God. So we have, I have a lot going on in my life right now. Um, some people know, most people don't. I won't get into details on that, but I have been lost is an easy way to put it um so wanting direction from God really really bad and not getting it not getting it not getting it not getting it um and eventually I got the word to just sit let it be let me do it let him take care of it and that's hard that's hard to let go of that control um so the only night that I could go to encounter was on Sunday and I happened to be Terry Fair who I absolutely love I was really excited um and I had a friend pray for me to get a clear message. And I was like, yeah, ha, ha, that's funny, a clear message. Like, God's going to tell me word for word what I need to hear. Um, and for anybody that was there, it was pretty clear because her message was don't be bitter. And I'm like, oh, okay, how about that? She won't say that twice. And then she said it over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, I can't, you can't argue with that. Like, that is pretty, pretty dang clear. Um, so that's what I got. And, uh, that's, it's, it's, that's hard, especially when you have people that are trying to attack your character and attack who you are. And I mean, people that know you and have known you for years and know you better than anybody else, constantly trying to provoke you and make you show your worst to everyone and to be able to step back and be nice and constantly be nice and try to help the people who are trying to hurt you the most is hard and that's not me that's God because in my weakness he is made strong and that is by far my weakest point so the only thing I can tell you is try to do your best don't be bitter and uh, that's what I got from that message and that's what I felt led to share and I don't know if your heart pounds this much all the time when you're on stage but that really sucks are y'all making a list of all the t-shirt ideas because I got out of that, I got what God says is clear, pretty dang clear. I think that would be a great T-shirt as well. And then that really sucks was a good one too. I love that. That's so good. Who's next? Lizzie's still. She's still writing. Lizzie's getting ready. 
Yeah, like she said, I don't know if the uh, heart pounding is part of the Holy Spirit or just being terrified of being up here because I'm feeling it right now. Um, I went to Encounter Monday through Wednesday of last week, and uh, Monday and Tuesday, you know, they were great, but I left saying, what, what does God have for me? Like, I see everybody up there, and I see them receiving it, and if I'm going to be honest, I was jealous. Like, why am I not feeling that right now? Wednesday night, uh, Bishop Tony got up there, and he said, hey, you know, I'm going to have y'all come to the front. Y'all who need something, come on down here. And I stood at the back, arms crossed, like Paul was saying, you can't stand back there cross-armed. But I was. Uh, That's not for me. That's not for me. Uh, My wife's sitting there, yeah, you need to get up there. This one's for you. Yeah, you need to get up there. This one's for you. Bishop Tony, I'm going to wait a few more seconds. Someone else is still holding out. Someone's still back there, not coming up just yet. Still back there. Nah, that's not for me. That's not for me. Finally, I give in. I go ahead and go up front. And uh, Bishop Tony spoke straight to my heart. Like he t- said something to me that I've been feeling for a couple of years now because of what I've been going through with family issues and things like that. And the enemy, when I was at the back, is sitting there trying to lie to me. You know, this isn't for you. This isn't what God has for you. Let me tell you right now. It is for you. If you are in this place right now, God has it for you. If he's done it for me, he can do it for you. When Pastor Paul comes up here and says, anybody want to be baptized, if that enemy's lying to you saying this ain't for you, knock him out. This is for you. Everything that's being said is for somebody in here. Every word has had a meaning towards someone in here, and it is for you. Do not listen to the enemy's lies. Be obedient. That's been the, the theme this, this whole week is simple obedience is going to lead to the supernatural. Come on down here. Come on, Lizzie. That's another T-shirt. Something about knocking the enemy out. You ready? Say, hey, Lizzie. She's got notes, too, so this will be good. So um, I was trying to figure out what verse it was, so I had to look it up. It was Ecclesiastes 1 through 8, and I'm just going to read this real quick and then share something about it. It says, To everything there is a season, a a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to, a time to embrace and a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And the part that got me was the part where it says a time to be silent and a time to speak. I am one who is at that point in my life where I'm out of high school. I graduated from West Stanley High School and it's like, now what? And I'm sure a lot of, lot of us here today have that question. And a lot of us 
not just not just in our county but around the world have that question and I feel like somebody here needs to hear that God is just asking you to be patient he's asking me to be patient and a lot of us a lot of us can admit patience is hard I mean am I right who here can say patience is hard a lot of us can say that I'm gonna say it God doesn't expect us to have all the answers. There was a time in my life, and I think, I think it was the beginning of COVID, Cecil and Debbie Talbot gave me a pen that says, God's got it. I needed that reminder in my life to remind me that I don't need control because somebody's already in it. I'm not in control because somebody's already in it. You are not in control because somebody's already in it. It's okay to have questions. My sister shared with um, shared me a song. She sent me a text message from seventh time down or something like that. It's called Questions. And part of it was it well the whole the whole song just talks about coming to God with your questions and that's what he wants church he wants your questions he doesn't he doesn't want you to have all the answers he does not expect you to have all the answers so if you're someone here today who needs the reminder that God already has the answer, I'm going to say it again. Say it with me. God already has the answer. Good job. Love that. Um, the minute I said Hebrew calendar, you were like, give me the mic. Come on. Come on. 5782. 5782. 5782. Like, that's right. Oh, by the way, this is Grammy. I know that she has a real name, and it's Grammy. Hi. Uh, you know I don't like to speak. I'd like to turn my back and speak, but I will. Because they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. We kind of forget that part. <laughs> but I have a testimony. And the Lord told me at Encounter, and just because your testimony was many, many years ago, because I'm old, <laughs> you still have a testimony. And i got to put it on paper before I give it because it's way too much. But I know when every single night was awesome. Every single night. Even though I'm running from work and I'm always late and I'm so sorry. I try. <laughs> My brain does not calculate minutes like yours. <laughs> so in any event, we come flying in, loving Jesus. And every single person who spoke, spoke deep into my heart. Deep. Encounter was an encounter. And the funny thing of it was when I, 
when we went, I told my husband, you know, we're doing an encounter. And he's like, who's speaking? I'm like, well, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this. There's going to be a sound. There's going to be a sound in Albemarle underneath at the marketplace. And it is going to resonate through this community. And this community is going to have breakthrough. And I'm going to be there. Because there was a sound, right? There was a sound. And that very last, when Terry was there that very last night, she got up and she gave a word. While she was talking about how um, there was a lot of things that her family didn't even know because she never shared them about what God had done. That was me. There's so much in my family that my family doesn't even know that God overcame. And it's going to be on paper because they're going to know that God overcame the mob. God overcame gangs fighting with your brother putting brass knuckles on his hands. God overcame all of it. God overcame them beating up my mother. And as a little girl, I'm like, God, if you'll just save her, I will serve you all the days of my life. And he did. And I did it. <laughs> I didn't. But you know, I was in this Catholic church and then the Holy Spirit hit me and I was trying to get saved and I ran into the little confessional and this was all up in New York. And uh, I started having, I started crying and the man told me I was having a breakdown. Go home, get over it and come back. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did what the man of God said and went home. Uh, but, you know, I got here in the Bible Belt, <laughs> by the way. I got saved at home, and I had a church that told me what happened. And it reminds me of Samuel, because Samuel heard the voice of God, but he didn't understand a bit of it. And he would run to the priest, and the priest would say, go back to bed. Pretty much what happened to me. He must have been Catholic. I don't know. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. Take that out. Will you please take that out because I love Catholics. Oh, help me. <laughs> so when I got here, though, somebody explained to me, and everything that I've experienced, I've experienced with God and me, and then the church comes back and, and, and is a witness and explains to me. But I, the only reason I'm up here is because your testimony is important and if anything happened at Encounter for me personally, the Lord said, just because you, it happened a long time ago doesn't mean it didn't happen. Jesus was crucified a long time ago, and his blood still speaks. And, and, and you gotta, you got to get it out there because it's going to help somebody. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a word till you said what you said. Okay, Just give me a second. When she mentioned the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, I've got a testimony. I think it was the night that Bridget, you called up your family about their testimonies. So there's many things that need to be told, and how God, what you just said. I went home that night. I made myself go to encounter. By the way, 
I made myself go because I have to stay in fellowship and I have to hear from him. And so I came home that night and I was reminded of a testimony. I hadn't thought about it in years. And I text Paul and I think I text, I don't know who else I text. Anyways, uh, I remember when I got saved 44 years ago. 1977, September the 10th. One month before I got saved, let me back up a minute, my family was pretty wild, my whole family. And we were in and out of church, that we knew people in church, we were social churchgoers. <clears throat> and there was a family in our church that was really on fire for the Lord. We loved them. My mom and dad got to know the couple very well. August the 2nd, 1977, one month before I got saved, this family was in a car wreck, and their 12-year-old daughter was killed. The father and the brother and the daughter were in the wreck. The father and the brother were in the hospital. The mom was so strong. Now, I was 13, 14 years old when this happened. But I remember very distinctly, and the Lord reminded me of this story that night, late, after I came home from encounter, that my mom and dad, who were not saved at the time, came home from the hospital. They could not stop talking about this mom, this wife, that was so strong for everybody that was coming to the hospital to visit her husband that was in the hospital, critically injured from the wreck, and her son, and her daughter's gone. But she's encouraging them. She's loving on them and saying, my daughter's with the Lord. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to see my daughter again. And I remember my mom and dad coming home and just, and when they went to the funeral, it was the same way. They just could not believe this testimony of this woman in the middle of her deepest pain. And so he reminded me that that was one month before we got saved. Because one month later, on September the 10th, our church had planned what was called a lay witness mission. I was at a Methodist church at the time. It's where people come to your church and just give testimonies. You listen to testimonies all weekend long of complete strangers. And we went. Me, my brother, my sister, and my mom went. My dad did not go. On Saturday night, September the 10th, the four of us went to the altar and got saved along with a whole harvest of people. The next night on Sunday, we came home Saturday telling my dad all about it. And on Sunday, my dad came and stood in front of the church, and he got saved on Sunday the 11th. So my whole family came to the Lord that weekend. And the Holy I tell you this because the Holy Spirit reminded me that little girl died one month before this harvest came in. He prepared that harvest, but this sacrifice of this child and this mother and this family who stood regardless through their pain and ministered to people. And so he reminded me that Nehemiah died a month ago today. And I know, as hard as it is in the pain that we are experiencing, that that is not in vain. It will not be in vain. And an encounter happened 
right after. And many people have come to know the Lord in different ways. And it's not over. It's not over. And so I just want to give, I just want to give glory to God for what he's doing. It's not anything that we've done. It's what he's doing and how he plants the seeds beforehand and how he sends the Holy Spirit beforehand, does what he has to do to bring people to him. Just before Debbie, um, Renee, so, I mean, literally with tears in my eyes, this isn't a verse that we quote all the time, but it just it's, hits home right now. But if a grain of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it bears much fruit. And our city is just beginning to see the fruit that's going to come from that. You know, we love you. All right. Hey, Debbie. I can do this. Oh. It ain't easy, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, because um, before encounter, just before, um, I've been wrestling with the question of what might have been. What might have been? Cecil bought me a book written by... <coughs> Um, our first pastor, and and I didn't want to read it because of what might have been when we were there. The church was about about this about the same size that we are here. That was thirty years ago, and now how many? They have three churches. They're friends with people like John Maxwell, Sam Chand, um, the Beveers, Lisa and John Bevere, personal friends with these people. And I'm thinking, God, you took it away from that environment. What might have been for us? I realized as I listened, um, especially uh, to Terry, that thing about bitterness, and um, I realized that there was a root of bitterness. I couldn't read her book, I couldn't even look at it. And the funny thing is, the name of it is Resilience. You gotta get up and go. So anyway, then I realized, and I looked at it, and God opened it up, and every night it was a little bit, a little bit more, and a little bit more. But the thing is, and I know this, and I've known it, but for whatever reason, he just brought that up, that for such a time as this, he brought Cecil and I here through a very different, a very unusual road, but everywhere we've been after we left that, I mean, we weren't, we didn't leave. We were sent out of that church when it was just a little like, you know, kind of like this. And um, gosh, we were leaders there too. I don't know, it must be our middle name, I don't know. But anyway, anyway, the fact of the matter is that if we go back there, if we were to go back there next weekend, sit in the row behind where pastors uh, Dennis and Colleen sit, 
and they see us, they immediately come around and give us a great big hug. They sent us, and via Florida, they sent us here for such time as this, to be with you all. Praise the Lord, everybody. Well, we can so relate to that. It seems like every church we leave explodes. I'm like, oh, we were the reason. <laughs> hmm. All right, we need to pray. And, um, and then I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond to baptism. Um, has this been good for you? It's been so good, right? <clears throat> the dead side... There's power in testimony, right? There's power in spoken testimony. And I'm sure that if we stayed here the rest of the day, more, more could share. And this is the only day that we'll share. We'll get more people to share as we go forward. Because I really want you to hear. Some of you, some of you today were like, that Richard dude, where's he been, right? Um, you, you're, you just heard people today for the first time and thought, have they been coming here? Like, I've never seen them. And I just want you to know that what God's doing, I don't know everything that he's doing at the gathering, but I love it. Don't you love it? Don't you love how he's just opening up the mouth of the body to speak? It's not about a pastor. It's about our senior pastor. That's Jesus, right? He's leading this, and I love it. Um, I want to pray specifically that um, over, uh, we've heard bitterness and rejection and pain. That's something that came up a lot during encounter. Yes, Oh, he's got one. When people say, I've got one, it's just going to be short, and they got a Bible, you know. Oh, it, will, it will be. I promise. I promise it will be. And I even think it's, du I think it's duct taped as well. So. It's it been used a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. Everybody say, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Some of you are like, that's his name. <laughs> right? It's good for you all to meet each other. I just, got, I just got one verse, and, and, and I believe that there's some people that are in here that are still dealing with, with some depression. And uh, I, I was just sitting and, and thinking and was going to share this earlier and then went and prayed some more. Going to share it. Went and prayed some more. And uh, the Lord said, obedience more than sacrifice. Be obedient, Mike. Um, Psalm 42 it was written by the sons of Korah. And Korah, he didn't make it. He, I believe he didn't make it. But his generations did. And they became musicians. Oh, they, they brought the praise. They brought the worship. They brought it and they brought it hard in the midst of their turmoil, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of the leader of their family, their clan. That was something that was important. The head was gone. God snuffed him out because... He was rebellious, and rebellious is like the sin of witchcraft. Ooh, that's some rough stuff. Somebody needed to hear that today. All right, so as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. There's someone in here, or maybe a few people in here, that, that happens to them a lot. They dig deep. 
and they're panting for God like a deer pants for water. Keep doing it. You need to hear it. Just keep doing it. Keep going hard after God. The release will come. I have, a, I have a wild testimony in my life, and we do not have time for it today. And, and it's, it's, it's volumes, Grammy. It's volumes, okay? I've been both sides of the fence more times than I need to say. But 2005 was a change. So just keep panting after God like a deer runs to the water. This is what we like to call wave two. Can everyone, can everyone give me four minutes? Is that okay for everyone? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Tasha. There's probably, only a, hey, there's probably only a handful of you that know me before we started attending the gathering, which has been a year tomorrow, actually. Thank you. Um, and Danielle, I knew before um, this, and she gave me the, and Renee, and uh, Danielle gave me the courage. So... Um, this is very emotional for me. Um, no one talked about Pastor Alan DiDio, and I need to, because he touched my life. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> Super emotional. So, since I had Audrey five years ago, I have struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts, anxiety, and I don't like to share my dark parts because I am bright and cheery. <sighs> Extra weight on me. Can't stand to look at myself. Don't like other people to look at me. Like to cover up. Then <sighs> Alan touched me and he said, you're going to have a breakthrough. Well, here I am. I had Millie strapped to my chest right here like this, and I don't even know what he said. I went back and listened to it again, and I still didn't understand, but to me, what he said was, you have confidence. You are hungry for the Lord, and he is going to heal you of your self-esteem issues. He's gonna touch you in parts that you don't wanna show other people. You don't want anyone to see those parts. Here they are. Here's my 30 extra pounds, my messy hair, and no makeup. This is me. I am so hungry for the Lord. Fill me. I left on Tuesday night, and I was on fire. Literally, my legs were on fire because I'd been there since 3 o'clock. But also, I was on fire because I was being filled with something I'd never felt or experienced before. You were a little late there, Paul. <laughs> Then Wednesday came, and that wave came over me all over again. And I stood up in front of all of you, and I said, we need to pray for our pastor. He's the one that led us to this. He's the one that said, I'm going to be obedient. Well, I want to be obedient, too. I went home. I've never studied a chapter in the Bible. I've been a believer for, how old am I? I've been a believer for 20 years, and I've never once sat down and read a chapter in the Bible. And God said, you're going to fast. I'm going to what? You're going to fast, and you're going to read the book of Isaiah. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Six minutes in, and I get to, I think, verse 19. Let me open my, let me open it up here. Thank you, technology. And it says, if you are willing and obedient, yep, you will eat the good things of the land. 
okay, I'm on the right page, and I can't wait until I get through this chapter, and I can tell you what my breakthrough is. But right now, all I know is my breakthrough is I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, and I'm not going after food. I'm going after the Lord. I mean, you know, you know when, when I said, like, we could be here all day, when the mom in the back with the baby on the front says, do it. <laughs> Love that. I need to share this with you, and then we're going to pray. And then um, if you do feel like you'd like to, look, baptism is not a, it's, it is a spiritual act, but it's a physical act of something spiritual that's happened on the inside, right? So if you feel this morning like, man, I really need to take that step then we're going to offer that to you. There's no pressure. Today's not a loss if nobody gets baptized. Sometimes what I've learned is that God puts things on my heart to make sure that we reserve the space for what he wants to do. See what I'm saying? So I didn't come with a message because I came prepared to baptize, but I didn't need to have a message because you had it. See what I'm saying? Pastor Terry, was. we were hoping she would speak all four nights at Encounter. And when I told her that, she was like, uh... I would love to. I'm not sure that I can. But what I realized was when she said she could do the first and last night, God had put her on my heart for four nights because he was reserving Monday and Tuesday for the people that spoke. See what I'm saying? So there's no pressure for you to go, like, well, I need to get baptized so Paul feels good about today. I feel great. Right? That would be icing on the cake, but we'll we fill the tank other times too. Here's what I need you to know, and then we're going to pray. And I'm so proud of y'all because, like, it's almost been two hours. You know that? Yeah. Some of you are like, yeah, dude, I've known for a while. <laughs> but a lot of you are like, what? I can't believe it, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm cracking myself up. Okay. I don't have time to go into this. I'll teach on this some other time. But there is a remnant rising in the church. And this sounds so churchy. Like remnant. What's remnant? Remnant. Um, we think of that as like, you know, the fabric that doesn't get used. Like, go get me, give me some free remnants. There's no cost to it. But what God showed me during encounter is that in, in John chapter 6, when Jesus fed the 5,000, which was really about 20,000 because it was 5,000 men plus the families, that when he said to the disciples, they didn't have enough food, but when they started feeding everybody and everybody had been fed, the Bible says they all ate until they were full. And then Jesus said this. He said, go pick up the leftovers. Gather, gather the, you keep telling me that's right, because your, your translation says gather. So go gather the leftovers. There's a reason we're called to gathering. Go gather the leftovers. And the word for leftovers in the Greek means remnant. And then in the very next verse, when it describes what they did, it says in the New Living Translation that they went and picked up the leftover pieces from the scraps left by the people and the word scraps is remnant the remnant that's rising are people who feel broken used by people the scraps were left by the people they didn't even count the scraps worth taking and God reserved 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that's the remnant and what you've heard this morning as people have testified, if you know the people that are testifying, what you've thought is, 
wow, something's happening for them because you've known them defined by brokenness. But what brokenness is, is the doorway from not enough to more than enough, right? We've lived in a poverty mentality. I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough whatever. Brokenness is when we realize we really don't have enough. But if we just obey the Lord, he leads us through brokenness to more than enough. He has to break us to get us to that point. And so I want to pray over you this morning. If you're here and you feel broken, then our closing prayer is, I want you to know that you're qualified to be in the remnant. Right? The remnant's not pastors that are qualified. The remnant are people who aren't, but who simply say, just use me, God. If that's your heart, I want you to stand where you are. I want you to put your hands up, and I'm just going to pray over you. Thank you. Come on. Just be obedient. Stand up. Put your hands up in the air. We're just going to pray. I want to be a part of the remnant. I want to be a part of the remnant. Lord, I just pray right now over these that have stood. I thank you for the testimonies that have come out of their people today. This is the church. It's not a building. It's not a pastor. It's a people. It's a people. And as people have shared, as they've testified, God, your anointing on that has just been beautiful. And so I just pray right now over these that have stood, hands up, God, I just ask that you would fill them, God. I love the picture in that story that the disciples went around and they picked up the leftover pieces. They picked up the remnant that was left by the people. And as they gathered them together, they realized, holy cow, we got 12 basketfuls, one for each disciple's family. There were more at the end than there were at the beginning. And it was all useful for the kingdom. And I pray right now that your spirit would just begin to lift these people, their hearts, their souls, their spirits. Just pick them up, God, and just remind them of how much you love them, of how useful they are in your kingdom. And that this brokenness that they feel is just a doorway. That's all it is. It's just a doorway. I love the word in the Bible that says that you turn valleys of pain into gateways of hope this is just a doorway it's not forever but it's a moment but the breakthrough on the other side God is more than enough and we recognize that what you're doing at the gathering and I believe that we're just part of a worldwide movement what you're doing in the church today is you are literally breaking people not because you're mad but because you want to multiply. You want to multiply us, God. And in the brokenness, so much more is revealed than it was ever revealed in lives that were together. So, God, we just echo the, the psalm that Mike read and, and Tasha's prayer, just that heart's cry with our hands raised. We just simply say, God, as a deer pants for the water, so our souls pant for you here we are god we don't know what all's going on but we're hungry and you're the bread of life 
So I'm just going to keep pulling off chunks of that bread and eating it until I've had enough, which will be never. And I'm just going to be desperate. We're not going to be food critics. We're going to be starving people that just go hard after whatever you're giving. Because whatever you're giving is good. And it's what we need. Thank you for your love, God. Thank you for your love, Lord. In your name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. Um, there's no way to say it, but anybody want to be baptized? Does anybody feel like they want to be baptized? If not, we're going to just, yes? Oh, you can speak? Yeah, come on, come on. Hey, guys, uh, I'm Josh, Mike's son. Um, I know very few people know me. Uh, the three in here that I know know me probably know less about me than they, uh, than they should. Um. The two things I heard today were obedience and brokenness. I'm I'm broken and uh, very, very disobedient. I started coming to the gathering with Dad uh, when they yeah, moved to Albemarle at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Well, Something like that. Well, they moved November, to Albemarle last November year. November uh, We came from Jesus. the refuge down in Concord. Um, I was disobedient there, too. Um, I uh, have been struggling with depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, not formally diagnosed. Uh, my therapist says I have PTSD as well. Um, Jesus. Jesus. Healer. Healer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Um, Thank you, Lord. I was married for a short time. Um, found out after the fact, yeah, my ex-wife cheated on me. Um, we had a kid. Found out he wasn't mine after the fact. Loved him the same no matter what. Uh, yeah. May 1st, 2019 was the last time I saw him. Jesus. Um, and that's when a lot of this started. Um, Jesus. And then... Uh, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Last February... Uh, I lost my mom. It's um, a suicide. Uh, it's a suicide. She uh, she was struggling, um, and uh, she just got to the point where she just felt like she couldn't do it anymore. She loved that child just as much as I did, if not more. Um, that was her grandkid. She didn't care. My ex-wife ruined a lot of lives. Um, But when I lost my mom last year, uh, I didn't want to go on. Um, I I remember one night, it was a Monday afternoon, I got off work, uh, went to a local pizza shop down in in Concord. They do half-off large pizzas on Mondays, so I picked up up dinner for myself. It was just me. And I called my dad. 
and I said, I'm going to eat this pizza, and then I'm going to slit my wrists, because I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and I remember he yelled at me, and it wasn't because he was... He was angry, but he wasn't angry at me. I was angry at the devil. I was very angry at the devil. And, and at that same time, <laughs> I believe I also told him that God didn't exist. Um, I told him God wasn't real. God wouldn't let anything like this happen to, to anyone. So there was no way that he could be real. And I carried that for quite a number of months last year. Um, but I just wanted to say that he is real. Yeah. And without him, I wouldn't be here today. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> when I called him, I had the knife in my hand against my wrist. I had him on speaker sitting in my car. And if it weren't for <laughs> my dad, <laughs> through the grace and love of God, I wouldn't be here. Um, for whatever reason, what he, the, just the way he said it just resonated with me. Um, I still struggle. <laughs> um, every day is a struggle. And I've, I've finally realized, and I think I've realized for quite a while now, that uh, if we're not obedient, then the, the struggle is just going to be persistent. And I'm sorry, I'm not really good with words. I'm not one to get up in front of everybody and talk. I stay in the back. I like to keep to myself. Uh, most people who know me will tell you that I just don't care. Um, and that's a wrong way of thinking. That's right. Um, my girlfriend calls me mischievous um, because of that lack of, of caring. Um, and she's not wrong. She's not wrong. It's definitely a mischievous thing. But uh, I, I definitely need to change that. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to let everyone know like, that God is good. Um, yeah. He has a plan for everyone. I'm not sure what my plan, what, what his plan is for me yet. Um, I'm excited to find out, though. Yes, thank you, Lord. It's just, I was just asking Josh if we could pray for him now. Will you stretch your hands towards Josh right now? And some men just to come up here. So, <laughs> I keep, y'all just get, get tired of me talking about youth ministry, but I just keep thinking, this is so much like youth group. Darnell, remember that? Like, it's just so much like, it's like, God, will it ever end? And I don't want it to. To hear a man stand here and say, a year ago I didn't think God was real, but today he is real. And I don't know all the answers because I, know, I know he's got a plan for your life. I don't know what it is for mine. Do you see the revival that God is bringing to our city? Like, goodbye church as usual, right? This is what we're after. So don't let me pray by myself. Will you pray for Josh right where you are? Will you pray for him? Father, we just lift Josh to you right now. I thank you that you do have a plan for his life. And I pray, as he was talking, I just kept, just wanted to pray that, God, you would, not just that you would reveal it, but reveal it in a way that's undeniable for him. 
You have marked him, God. You've marked him for ministry. You've marked him with a voice that resonates with people. God, as he was speaking, it's like we don't even know him. And yet everything he's saying, there's authority and weight with what he says. Because you're setting him apart as a voice for his generation. Pray that you would baptize him right now with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit. The power that he needs, God, to be your witness. It all starts with revelation. Continue to reveal who you are to him. I thank you that you have brought him through. Not just to talk about what was, but to speak about what will be. Just release your anointing on him now, I pray. Yeah, yeah. Hey, y'all keep talking. Y'all keep, just keep praying for him. This is Kathy. Hey, I struggled uh, about whether or not to come because there were so many good testimonies. But the one word that keeps coming back that really resonates with me is brokenness. And one of the nights, I think it was Wednesday night, Terry's first question was for us to sit a few minutes and think about what does God say you are? Well, that night I never got anything. And I said, Lord, I know you you think something about me. And I'm like Grammy. Some of you know, I, I have a, a past witness testimony and some brokenness and a failed marriage, a very, well, how do you say it, a visible broken marriage, uh, being married to a pastor in the area. But what God told me and showed me through the areas of my work is that I'm a light. Well, you know, you have to be, sometimes you have to be broken, and when those vessels are broken and you put them back together, sometimes you can't get all the seams together and light comes through. Well, what I've started praying this week is, Lord, I want you today to be a light that shines through me. Shine through my brokenness. Shine through me and let me be able to tell people that you walk beside me, that you'll never leave me, that you are always there when we lose people, when we, our marriages break up, and that you have a plan for us. Yes. I come from a broken marriage. My children uh, have to plan when they come home from places how to see everybody and be fair. But the Lord gave me somebody that this year we will be married for 20 years, y'all. 20 years. And somebody who, who shows the love of God and loves me so unconditionally when I can be a, a monster at home sometimes. But I just want you to know that God loves you and broken. He, he loves those of us that are broken. And we have to be broken for him to use us and for him to get a hold of us. And I just thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for Paul and Wendy. And I thank you for the breakthrough that's coming. All right, this is Shannon, and I've officially given her the last word. Come on. Um, so, weeks and weeks ago, um, God speaks to me at night, 
because it's the only time that it's quiet in my house. Um, and I'm wrestling, trying, trying to sleep, trying to get to sleep, kids asleep, Kai's asleep. Um, and God, uh, there's a vision of me on stage one Sunday just during worship. And I'm looking out at all of you guys, and I'm angry. Um, I'm yelling, which I don't do much. I do at home, but <laughs> I don't with you guys. Um, and I, I was just so angry. And it was before, um, before this church and this community. It was before Nehemiah passed. Um, and I'm looking, looking out, and there's just men all around. And I'm saying, guys, what are you doing? Men, what are you doing? Stand up. Rise up. And I know there's women. God's calling women. I know that. The women I feel he's calling are the women that he's also calling the men to stand up. And let me tell you, wives, if God's calling your husband to stand up, you better stand with them. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. It's hard. You will be attacked daily. You will be attacked. Your home. There are many times we have to stand at the doors of our home and tell Satan to go back to hell because he's not welcomed in our home. He's not welcomed in this church. He's not welcomed in this community. There's going to be a time that this church is going to be growing. That this community out here is going to need us. Not in here, but out here. He can't do it if you don't stand up. He can't do it if you aren't in his word. And if you aren't following him and listening for him to speak to you. He can't do it. And I sat there and I've, I've disobeyed. I said, God, this isn't, you don't want me speaking. You don't, this isn't what I need to say. But when the men came up here and started praying, God does have a purpose for you. And it may have just been to speak to me today and to tell me to stand up that it was time to say something because it took all of these men coming up here to pray for you for me to realize that what he spoke to me that night when I couldn't sleep was real. There are men in this church. There's going to be many more men to come into this church. And I'm telling you, if he tells you to rise up and to stand up and to speak and to stand here with Pastor Paul, to stand here with the other men who are already elders, who are already leaders in this church, then do it. Do not let Satan tell you that you are not qualified. Do not let Satan tell you that you're too busy. You do what God tells you to do, and women, you also obey. You also pray for your husband. You pray for the men that are already in this church that are already doing what God has called them to do. And Lord, please pray for the families, because they're going to need it too. They're going to need it. That's all I've got. So good. I love, oh, I gave her the last word, but God took it from her and gave it to you. You want to get baptized? All right, come on.
I don't have clothes either. I'm kidding, I do. So here's what's going to happen. Um, we're going to baptize. Yes, this is going to be fantastic. We're going to baptize Catherine. They're going to sing the song that we sang at the beginning, For God So Loved the World That He Gave, because y'all know that one, and you know it's true in Scripture. And I want you to blow the roof off this place while we celebrate with this family, okay? Oh, oh, by the way, Shannon did have the last word. Guess what you're supposed to do now? Stand up. going to let her speak before we baptize her. I, <laughs> I got saved when I was little by a campfire. And I, I, I grew up Methodist, yada, yada, yada. I never needed to be baptized as a public spectacle. That's not, a, I don't need to be baptized. Jesus, I've got a relationship with Jesus. I don't need this. But I can't stand behind my husband. If I can't profess my love for God in front of all of you. So I'm going home wet today. All right, so I'm the husband. <laughs> it's okay. I, I do want to read this, though, because there's a wave, y'all. There's a wave right now. Y'all feel that? That's Jesus. This is Jesus. Richard said it first. Obedience. Obedience is key. If you're not in the Word, you can't feel it. There's people in here right now that can't feel what these people up here are coming and speaking on. That's Jesus. If you want that, you get in the Word. Stay in the Word. Read the Word. That feeds the soul. So I was going to say this last week, and I even told Paul. He's like, man, you really should have. And so I'm not going to delay today. John 16, 33, written in red. Everybody that reads the word knows what that means. It comes straight from Jesus. I have told you all this so, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials. Amen? And sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. That's it. This is not your home. There's an old song, this is not my home. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And I'm just a passing through. And I love my wife, y'all. Though that y'all know her, she was just like, I'm going to get baptized. That was Jesus. And for the people that have came up here today that didn't want to speak, it's like Jesus pushed you out of your chair. Okay? So I'm going to give this back to Paul and we're going to let him transpire, but... Jesus, love you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
she doesn't trust me. I don't trust myself either. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he asked me if I wanted to say anything, and it's just, um, you got to take the leap. Did y'all hear that? No? They're, he was just saying that Terrell's the reason that they're here at church. He invited him six months ago. I think he, like, hounded you. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he Oh 
Pastor Paul has asked me to close, um, and before we close, I want to remind everybody that we do have food for everyone, so after you guys depart from this sanctuary of holiness, because this is an awesome, 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 awesome day to be at gathering, um, but if you'll bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so, so much for this service, for what it meant for my wife, for what it meant for new people that we don't even know, but now we know. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for the testimonies. I ask that you will just bless those people, bless their families, bless their lives, dear Lord, because they will be attacked. And they are. And those that didn't speak, dear Lord, I pray for them as well. I pray for everybody that's in this room, and I pray for the people coming next Sunday, and the next, and the next. Dear Lord, I just pray that throughout this whole community, not just this church, but Albemarle specifically. I just pray that we can be the candle to the seven that you're going to light in Albemarle. And for the many more lives that you are going to bring to this stage the next time we have testimony. And I pray for Pastor Paul. I pray for Wendy. I pray for Cecil. I pray for all of our leaders. I pray for everyone that's affiliated with the gathering. And for those that are going to be here next Sunday, dear Lord, I just pray over this whole situation. Thank you for being present. Thank you for being just. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. We can't say thank you enough. But we, we love you. And go with us in peace. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.